0: If you have your Bible, one more time this morning, I want you to go over to the book of Psalms. We're going to be going over there, the 37th chapter in just a few minutes, because we've been talking about this. This is actually our third week we're going to be talking about this. and We've been talking about the subject of resting in the Lord. Everybody say, resting in the Lord. Come on, one more time. Say, resting in the Lord. You know what? We've started this way each and every week, and I want to continue just for a few minutes again, because uh, like every person on the planet, every person in this city, every person in the county, we have to all deal with the pressures of life. Amen? How many of you realize that just being alive has some pressures associated with it? You're going to have the pressures of of, of family, you have the pressures of relationships, you have the pressures of, of work or employment, the pressures of finances, all of those things together you, there are pressures just being in life amen and the, the problem is, as Christians, we also have the opposition of the enemy that comes against us with his his attacks and, and really, as Christians, we not only have the pressures of life and the attack of the enemy or the opposition of the enemy. But we're called by God to build the kingdom of God and share Jesus all at the same time as we're doing all these other things. Come on, this is one of the great reasons why we have to learn how to rest in the Lord. Because if you don't ever have any rest, you're going to wear out very soon. Are you in this house? That's what the Bible's talking about in Psalms 37, chapter verse number 7. It says, Rest in the Lord... Wait patiently for him. Come on. As a matter of fact, let's read that together as, as a congregation. Ready? One, two, three, read. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Each and every week we've told you that that, that word rest doesn't just mean to, to kick your feet up in the lazy boy or the you know the, 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 the metaphorical lazy boy there, or you know, just to do nothing. But actually the word rest, we could see it as what a lawyer does. Or even what they say after they've presented their case and they say, you know, judge, uh, the prosecution or defense, whichever one you want to be on that side. You know, the, 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 the prosecution or the defense rests. And what they do at that point is they've already said everything that they're going to say. And now they sit down and, and, and they say, listen, I, I'm not going to be involved in this with my mouth. And how many of you know that many times... Our mouths have taken us places we really didn't need to be. I've got about five or six people in the house that will admit that. How many of you will admit that for the friend that's sitting close to you? Come on. (laughs) No, we're not going to get too far in that one. Listen, what we have to understand is that many times, literally many times, we are the ones that are sabotaging our own peace and our own happiness and our own joy the, the, the blessings of God that He has for us in our life by what we're saying and what we're doing. Boy, got quiet right there. I said, we are the ones that are sabotaging. And listen, how many of you know that sometimes the devil doesn't need any help, but we give him an awful lot? Amen. Come on, come on. Now, listen, I, I realize the devil is a devil. Come on, he is the devil. He's, he's a good devil. He's good at what he does. But what I understand is sometimes I help him way too much. Right, I got a few people in the house that'll admit it. You know, listen, this is why we need to learn how to rest in the Lord. I've, I've used this scripture, uh, the, this passage in Psalms, out of the message Bible. I like how it says it, and it; just it's so clear to me. It says it this way: It "says Quiet down before God. Be prayerful before Him. Don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top." Then I love this. I love this sentence. Bridle your anger, trash your wrath, cool your pipes. It only makes things worse. How many of you've ever noticed that sometimes when you let your mouth go before your mind gets engaged, that you can make things? Are, are you in this house? He goes on, he says, before long, the crooks will be bankrupt and God investors are going to own the store. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Now, see, week one, we said if we're going to learn to rest in the Lord, we're going to have to, and we broke this down into R-E-S-T. The first week, we talked about releasing some things, letting some things go. How many of you know that? One of the most freeing things that can ever happen to you as a human, and especially as a Christian, is when you learn how to let some things go. Come on, come on, come on. You just, everybody say, release it. it. Week two, we started talking about the fact that if, uh, this the second letter, E, and we said that we need to enjoy life. But to enjoy life, we need to begin to look at it from God's perspective. Because the more we look at it from our perspective... Honestly, there are many times that there's a whole lot of things that we could not enjoy if we look at life the way it is sometimes in our lives. In, in our eyes, we see... Come on, you, ain't, you don't want to be with me this morning. Listen, we're going to have to get God's perspective. We're going to have to do it with His power, with His purpose, and His priorities. We talked about this last week. Well, we want to continue this morning with that third letter. And and we're going to just say that that third letter... Let's say that letter S represents the word sharing or share. Now, I I realize... (laughs) To use that word... Sounds like we're saying... You know, we're going back to talking and doing... and, And that's a contradiction of what we just said rest talks about, right? Or what rest means. So how are we going to use the word share... And contradict what we just said that word rest actually means? Because we're, we're, what we need to understand is that we're all talking and doing every day. Amen? Amen? You are talking and doing every day. Come on, somebody. It's not that God is asking us to take a, a vow of, of, of silence or we all have to become mute. That's not what God is talking about when He's talking about it. It's, it, it that's, that's not changing the fact that we're going to continue to talk. As a matter of fact, some of you are going to talk a whole lot this week. Some of you are not going to talk a whole lot, but you're going to think a whole lot. Then some of you are going to think a whole lot, and some of those thoughts are going to start creeping out of you. Anybody in this house? So we're not talking about not talking. That's 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 a complex sentence, isn't it? Well, we're not talking about not doing anything. The difference, listen, this is where we have to understand this. The difference is what we're talking about and who we're sharing. This is where the idea of rest really has to change for us. Because resting in the Lord doesn't mean we don't do anything. I've heard people talk about, well, you know, when I become prosperous, you know, God really prospers me. Man, I'm just going to quit my job, I'm going to go to the beach, and I'm just going to lay there. Listen, that's not why God is wanting you to be prosperous. Oh, I didn't mean to burst any bubbles right there. I didn't mean to mess with you. But listen, God doesn't want to give you a bunch of money so you can just go have fun. Listen, you can have fun with money or without. He says, hey, I'll be joy in your life. I'm not going to give you money just so you won't do anything. Well, I got a little bit of... Somebody getting mean at me now. Come on. Everybody say we still love you. Listen, having money is so you can be a better blessing. No, it ain't. It's so I can have more fun. Come on. Listen, I, I Listen. If, if you win the lottery this week, have some fun. Go ahead. Don't get stupid, but have some fun. And then, ask Jesus what He wants you to do with that money. Well, I already know what I'll do with that money. I'll go, I'll go buy me 15 cars, 14 boats, and, and three more houses. And, and within a year, you'll be broke. And can't live in any of them. Can't drive any of them. Can't afford to pay for the the, the the boat docking fees. Come on, what I'm telling you is a very simple thing. When we talk about rest, we're not talking about just doing nothing, just kicking our spiritual feet up and doing nothing. And, and this is where, listen, I've been waiting to get to this third week since week one, because the second part of the scripture there in Psalm 37 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for for him. Everybody say, wait patiently. Say, wait patiently for him. See, I've been waiting to get to these because that phrase, listen, this is where it gets wonderful. That phrase literally means, you've got to hear me now, it means to twist and dance and shine. It means to bear and bring forth, or listen to this, it means to calve. Some of you don't know what that means. Anybody in the house that know what it means to calve? There's five people. I would have thought that Ben would have been one of them. This is why this business is not working, son. We've got to get this. Listen, if you're going to be in the cattle business, you need to know what the word calve means. Listen, how many of you know what it means to calve? There's five of you. Listen, I realize we have, we've gone a long way in Indiana from being an agricultural state. Uh, 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 listen. listen, this is what is so exciting to me about this place. Because when it says, wait patiently... The idea, and I, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but listen. Let me give you what the idea is. The idea is of a woman in labor who's about to give birth. How many of you know that a woman when, when it's time? Everybody say, it's time. Some of you girls that have had children say, it's time. When it's time, you don't run around doing all kinds of stuff. Amen. Now, up till the time, you might be as busy as a long, you know, a long tailed cat in a room full of rockers. You might be going here, there, everywhere, just doing this, that, da da da. da, da. But when it's time, everybody say it's time. it's time. When it's time, what does she do? She begins to expend her energy and her time on birthing that child. This is what waiting on the Lord is all about when it says, and wait patiently for Him. You see, before the actual time of birth, you can run around doing all kinds of stuff. But when it's time, all the other stuff is left alone. Are you in the house? And this is the difference in this rest. When we begin to rest in the Lord, what we do is we begin to stop being so consumed with the drama and the issues of life itself. And we start investing ourselves into the kingdom of God. Listen, what we're doing is we're changing where and what we're investing our time and energy into. You're investing every day. Amen. Thank you. Listen, you're investing somewhere every day. You're investing you. You're investing your time. You're investing your energy. You're investing your mental acuity. You're investing something about you and your life. Every day you're investing and spending you somewhere. Come on, turn somebody and say, that must be why I feel so tired. Listen. The difference in this type of rest is not that we're not going to be investing, it's where and what we put our energy into. Listen, I know, I know some of you are looking at me and you're going, but Pastor, I've got real issues. I've got real issues that need to be addressed. And if I don't do it, who will? Right? Listen, I understand. I, I know where you are. I know where you're at and I know what you're saying because... Our stuff is important. At least to us, right? Now it may not be, you know, my stuff may not be important to you. And your stuff may not always seem to be important to me. But your stuff to you is important. My stuff to me is, are you in this house? And this is what happens to us as many times what we do. Is we look at what we have to deal with in life. We look at what we need to invest ourselves in in order to fix something. And we go, listen, I don't have time to invest in all that God stuff that pastor's talking about. I have to invest my time, my energy, my abilities into fixing my stuff. Are we in the house? Listen, I, I'm, I'm right down where we live right now. Come on. I'm not trying to make this too too difficult so that you don't understand this. Because this is where we get caught in this idea of resting and sharing. We look at ourselves and we go, listen, I ain't got time for all that. Mama ain't got time. Daddy ain't got time for that. I gotta, I gotta work. I gotta fix this. I gotta do that. I gotta take care of this. I gotta run the babies to the ball game. I need to pay the electric bill. I got to go over here. I got to get the groceries. The car needs this. The, the, you know, the house needs that. I ain't got time. I know ain't not a good word, but I don't have time for all the quote unquote God stuff. Listen, I know you don't want to admit that. But listen, this is exactly what we don't understand. We don't understand that when we begin to put God's stuff first, then we give Him the opportunity to become involved in our stuff. This is what Matthew 6.33 is talking about when it says, Seek ye what? What? First Seek first the kingdom of God. And then it says, and all these things will be added unto you. This is what Malachi is talking about when it says, Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse and prove me here with, saith the Lord of hosts, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't even have room enough to receive. He says, If you'll put me but This is what Proverbs is talking about when it says, Bring the first fruits. Listen, if we will begin to understand that this type of rest, this type of sharing, this type of doing, It's not that we're not doing anything, it's where we're changing our energy and where we're spending ourselves. What we have to understand is when we become more involved in His stuff, we invite Him to become more involved in our stuff. Well, Pastor, you don't understand my stuff. I understand. Your stuff is important to you. The problem is... How many of you realize Oh help me Jesus because I gotta be good here. How many of you realize that some of you have been working on your stuff for a long time and you ain't got it fixed yet? How many of you have spent years on fixing you and you ain't fixed and and you can look down the road just a little bit and you go, I don't see any time soon that it's gonna be changed. Watch this. Watch this. One of the problems is when we get so consumed trying to fix us and we leave God out of the equation, what we don't understand is we need Him involved in our stuff. But His way of doing it says, you put me first and then I'll get involved in what You say, well, that's that's just selfish. No, that's because only with Him, through Him and by Him are we going to get fixed. And His route is we're going to have to become more involved in His stuff and invite Him into our stuff. Let me put it to you this way. Our Christianity and our relationship with God is personal. Everybody say amen. amen. But it's never, it's not meant to be private. Private. Listen, you're going to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But your personal relationship with Jesus was never meant to stay private. Well, yes it was. No, 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 no. It was a life that is designed to touch other people. Oh, Pastor, wait No, 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 no. No, listen. This is not about you and I being rivers... But learning how to become reservoirs. You know, the Bible says it this way in Matthew, the 28th chapter. Wherever you go, make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to do everything I have commanded you. And remember that I am with, or I'm always with you until the end of time. That passage is called the Great Commission. That's, that's what we have named it theologically and uh, in the church. It's been called the Great Commission. Let me, let me tell you this. That was the Great Commission for the disciples. Amen? But, but, but watch this. It was also the Great Commission for our forefathers when they started this country. Amen? Amen? How many of you know it was also the, 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 the uh, Great Commission for our grandparents? Amen? How many of you know it was the Great Commission for our parents? Are, are you in this house? Anybody got a train of thought where I'm going with this? How many of you know that this Great Commission, the Bible never put an expiration date on it, so that means it's your Great Commission as well? It's ours. It's ours. It is our Great Commission. And the absolute truth is this. We're spending energy and time on something somewhere. And whatever we're spending our energy and time on is giving life into that thing. Here's what I'm proposing to us this morning. It is time we begin to spend our energy and our mouths in some positive ways. Turn to somebody and say, He's talking to you. Listen, this is what resting in the Lord is all about by sharing. Ready? Sharing is really all about us changing what we've been giving life to with our mouths and our actions and giving life to the life of God that is within us. <laughs> Come on. It's letting God and His Word have a voice and a life through our life. So today, I, I-, I want to give you just a couple of practicalities of how do we share this thing called a Jesus life? How do we do this in a practical way through a life? You ready for this? Good. (laughs) Number one. That was overwhelming in that response. It was just awesome. Thank you so much. I know. It was a rhetorical question. Some of you are going, Don't do that to me. All right, you ready for this? Good. Good. Number one. Do the small things that show the main thing. What am I talking about? Do the small things that show the main thing. I'm going to try that again. Do the small things that show the main thing. The book of Matthew, the 10th chapter, says this. Whoever gives any of my humble followers a cup of cold water because that person is my disciple will certainly never lose his reward. Now think about it for a second. Think about this. How many of you know that cup of cold water? Just a cup of water. Let's just try a cup of water is a small thing. Amen? Heavenly Jesus, is it a small thing? Is this a major? If somebody gives you a cup of water, are you going to be eternally grateful? Oh, M.G., this is the best gift you've ever given! Oh. Now, come on, how many of you know that a cup of water is a pretty small thing in consideration of everything else, right? I mean, most of you can get it free! If you go to somebody else's house. You know what now, it costs if you get a bottle. But you know what I mean? Listen, how many of you know that a cup of water is a small thing? Unless you're thirsty. Are you listening to me? Let me show you this. The, the night before Jesus died, the night before He died, He did a small thing to show the main thing. The Bible says that He washed His disciples' feet. Now, come on. That, that, you're washing somebody's feet. Okay, well, unless they're really, I mean, just horrendously stinky, that's a small thing, right? Come on, come on, come on. In the, in the grand scheme of life, if somebody washes your feet, I mean, it's not like, you know, Armageddon or not. I realize some of you could use it a little bit better, but you know, i understand you. listen, washing somebody's feet's a small thing, right? Well, no, it isn't. Well, stop, you know. It is a small thing. But then... Watch this, what he said in John the 13th chapter. After doing that, he makes this statement in John 13, 35. He says, Everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? Because of your love for each other. Listen, washing the disciples' feet was a small thing. But what did it do? It showed the main thing of God's love. This is one of the problems in the church and with Christianity. We always seem to want to look for the big gestures, the big grand gestures, to prove that God loves people and prove that God loves us. You know, if God gives me the winning lottery numbers, then I will know He loves me. If He changes that nasty man I'm married to, then I know He loves me. If He gives me the woman of my dreams, then I know He loves me. Come on. If He gives me that job, then he Oh, if He gives me that car, if He helps me get that house, or He does that, or He does this, if He does those big things, I'm like, come on, if He does the big, grand gestures, then I know He loves me. Are you in this house? And then what we do is we transverse that and we begin to think that it's only through big, grand gestures that anyone else is going to know that they are loved also. See, what we don't understand is we never fully know how a small act of love and kindness could touch and transform a life. Listen, I brought this up here today. How many of you know what this is? It's a Frisbee. Everybody say Frisbee. John Bose was the president and CEO of of the frisbee or the company that made frisbees, he decided that he was going to do a, a charitable gift, and so he took one thousand frisbees and shipped that didn't throw them, shipped them over to a orphanage in South Africa. Now, how many of you know that a thousand frisbees from the company that owns frisbee is probably not the Biggest, grandest gesture ever given in in the history of the world from a company. All right. But they decided they were just going to do some charitable giving. So they they sent a thousand of these things over to an orphanage in South Africa. Well, later on, one of the representatives of the Frisbee uh, company, or the, the company that owns Frisbee, was in South Africa, and they said, you know, hey, just stop by and see how, the, you know, if they got the gifts and everything. So he decided he would stop by. He told them he was coming, and the nun met him at the car, started profusely thanking him, said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sending those plates for our children. She said, our children get to eat off them. She said, some of them get to carry the water that they can't drink any other way. She said, some of them even catch fish that we get to use as food. And the guy said, lady, 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 wait a minute. Those were toys. She became ecstatic. She said, that is awesome. They'll enjoy the gift even more now. Listen, that was a simple thing. That was a simple little gift. That was a simple thing. But what it did, it showed a main thing. See, this is what we don't know. We don't know that the smallest act of kindness could change a life. But God knows what can happen. The Bible says it this way in Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus was talking. He said, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Now listen to this, for I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to eat? And when did you see when did we see you a stranger and invite you in are meeting, clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, listen closely, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Listen, I have sat through sermons like this, and I know this is about the point in the sermon that some of you want to check out. You want to go to Facebook. Facebook. You want to check out and you want to say, "Ah, I can't do all that stuff. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. But wait, 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 wait. Wait, before going, before checking out. What about you learning to listen to people when they talk? What about smiling at people? And doing what? Just smile! My Lord in heaven above, we've got some grumpy people. You would be surprised what a smile does. They look at you and kind of like How about opening doors for people and saying, God bless you? I have done that. I mean, listen, opening a door for a person that needs help is not a huge thing. But I said, God bless you, and they go, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm going. Hey, 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 hey! Oh, I know we're not into hugging right now. You're not on my people. You know, I hug my people to church, but I, I don't know you yet. I <laughs> the, the day. I was, I was, I don't remember where it was, but this kid, a baby, dropped something. I don't, I don't remember what it was—a cup or you know, a bottle or something—and and this mother, you know, how many of you have ever seen a mama that's frantic and kind of frazzled? Let's not say frantic, but frazzled. All right. I reached down and picked it up and gave it to the child, and a tear came. I thought, well, Lord Jesus, this is not huge. I said, God bless you. Listen, what about what about the next time you're in line and there's a mom with kids or there's an elderly person letting them go in front of you? Well, you don't understand my time schedule. Oh. Okay. Since we know you are the all important, right, right. how about telling people thank you, and you appreciate. Come on, today some of you are going to go out to lunch. How about saying thank you to the waiter or the waitress and tipping them? Don't give them a tract. unless you're going to put a nice twenty five percent ticket tip on the price of and put the. T- Come on, telling them with a track, you know, don't go to hell. Isn't going to help them when she's trying to feed the. Are you in this house? She's going to look and she's going to look. Yeah, another Christian. How about we start doing some small things that show the main thing? See, this is what resting in the Lord should be about. It's, it's, it's dropping all the energy we spend on fixing our drama and learning to do some simple things to show the main thing. But, because see, some of you may not believe it, but watch this. Here's the practicality number two. Simple acts done with great love can change your world. Think for a moment, and I know this is, this is June... And I want to get to the Christmas story. But think about how Jesus came into the earth. He didn't have bells and whistles. Are, are you here? He was not riding a white stallion. I mean, maybe, maybe the angels were, were singing glorious or glory hallelujah. But there wasn't a whole lot of folk on earth heard anything. Think about how Jesus came. How did He come? He came as a baby but what did he do he touched people at their point of need not just to heal them physically but to change their life Jesus himself was once asked what it meant to love your neighbor there was a lawyer a young lawyer came to him and said what, are you, what, you know, what does it mean to love your neighbor and, and so Jesus responded with a story that, that has been titled the good Samaritan I'll, I'll paraphrase it very quickly there, were the, there was this Jewish guy that was traveling along the road. He gets stopped, beaten, and robbed. He is mugged on the road. He is beaten up. They take all of his possessions. They beat him up. He's laying there on the road, bloodied and bruised and, and, and can't get anywhere, and he's, he's dying. And two other Jewish guys come along. Now, one is a, we, we could call him a, a Jewish, he's like a Jewish pastor, he's a priest. All right? And he's he's a rabbi. And he comes by and he looks at him and moves to the other side of the road. Come on. In other words, they're at Walmart and he sees this and he moves to the other aisle. Oh, don't shout me down now just because I brought it back into common, you know. Then the second guy comes by and he's a a Levite. We could say this is like an elder in a church. All right? He's like one of the Jewish leaders. And he comes, he sees him, and he moves to the other aisle also. Are you in this house? A third guy comes along, and it's a Samaritan. Now, what you have to understand is the Samaritans were some of the most hated people when it came to the Jews. They hated them. They called them dogs. I mean, it wasn't just like a euphemism. They would call them a dog to their face. They hated them. They were prejudiced against them. Yet, it's a Samaritan that stops, binds up his wounds, puts him on his horse, takes him to the Holiday Inn... Pays for a couple nights stay and then tells the owner or the innkeeper, says, listen, if he's got any needs, you take care of him and I'll pay you when I come back through. Now, come on, come on. You say, yeah, buddy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Think about this for a minute. Paying for a night's room. Today's society, 100 bucks, 125, 150 bucks. That's a lot of money, Pastor. In the grand scheme of worldwide events, we have beheadings by ISIS. We have school shootings. We have a national debt. We have this. We have that. We have worries. We have fa- in, the na- in, the, in the global scheme of things, how big is this transaction? Still kind of a small thing, isn't it? Still kind of a small thing. Except, except for the guy who's just gotten picked up, bound up, and put up. It's not huge in the, in the scheme of, of, of life itself. I mean, it's a pretty big gesture of personal kindness... But in the grand scheme of worldwide events, it doesn't rank up there too too high. And listen, this is where so many people in the house of God want to tap out and say, "What we do personally is important." But but let me try this: Go find the guy that was beaten up and ask him how much it changed his life. Listen, I know you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna run the aisles on this because this is a challenging sermon. See, Jesus finished that Good Samaritan parable and that story by asking the question in Luke 10. He said, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, watch this, watch it, watch it. Go and do likewise. Small acts of kindness can change your world. Let me, let me, listen, I've got to hurry, let's watch this. How many of you have ever heard the name of a man by the, how many of you have ever heard of a man named Edward Kimball? Anybody in the house? All right. well let let me tell you about Edward Kimball. Because probably not many of you have ever heard his name. He was a Sunday school teacher who decided to go buy a pair of shoes for a young boy that he was trying to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to. Now, some of you might have heard the boy's name. The boy's name was Dwight L. Moody. Well, Moody testified to another young man by the name of Wilbur Chapman, who became saved and started tra- talking to a professional ball player by the name of Billy Sunday, who got saved and preached to a man named Mordecai Ham, who ministered to a young South Carolina teen named Billy Graham. All from a pair of shoes. For a little boy.
1: What I do is not
0: important, Pastor. You could be buying the shoes. You could be making the shoes right now. Share Jesus. Do the small things that show the main thing. And understand the simple things done with love can change your world. And then let me give you this last one. And then realize, number three... That our power to do is not based on who we are, but who Jesus is through us. Listen, this is is the challenge we all face, right? This is the challenge we all face. It's it's learning to love and do in Jesus' love and power. If, If I were to ask you right now, if I were to take the time and ask each one of you individually and personally this morning... I don't think that there'd probably be anyone in this house right now or anyone that's viewing this by, by live streaming that doesn't want to be able to bless somebody. We want to, right? We want to bless people. We want to reach out. We want to share Jesus. But when we do it with our ability, we run out really quick. How many have ever tried to love somebody that's unlovely? I'm not talking about looks. I'm talking about attitude. How many of you ever tried to go up and say, God bless you, and have them curse you right in the face? Listen. Yeah, you say, God bless you, and they go, Yeah, up yours. And you go, Same bacteria. you, Come on, dude. Bring it on. Because when we try to do this thing in our ability, How many of you know that we run dry real fast? Listen, I have had times that I got up in the morning I hate to admit this but I've had times that I got up in the morning and I was determined I was going to bless somebody for Jesus today I'm going to bless somebody I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and by noon I wanted to strangle somebody Come on, anybody in the house that you'll be honest admit that you have started with the greatest of intentions. Oh, Jesus, today, Jesus, use me, and oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. Get up in the morning, I surrender all. I surrender. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. I want you, Lord, to flow through me. Come on. And by lunchtime, it's all gone. Like, I'm going to kill somebody soon. I'm going to kill somebody soon. Don't knock the head off there and take the body to the moon. I'm going to kill somebody soon. Get bluegrass real fast. Come on. Come on, when we try to do this in our own ability, we lose it. Really fast. And that's the problem. Being saved, doing right, doing real, shining Jesus to the world is tiring. And listen, when he's being honest, it can be downright frustrating. I mean, we come into church and the preacher tells us, get out there and share Jesus, and we try. I don't, to be my hell. I don't want to try. Those people don't deserve it. They all need to go to hell. Come on, you ain't in the house now. You ain't going to be real with me. Listen, trying to love unlovely people can be overwhelming and that's, be, that's because... Listen, listen. You ready for this? It's because it's beyond your ability. You can't do it. It can only be done because of what Jesus has done for us and then allowing Him to do it through us. Pastor, do you have Scripture? Absolutely. Zechariah, the fourth chapter, the sixth verse says, You won't succeed... By might or by power, but by my Spirit says the Lord. Philippians the fourth chapter the thirteenth verse says it this way: I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. This is me. I, I know this is not going to be a shout to a shout to house down and run the aisles and you know swing from the chandeliers even though we haven't got them. Because this is a challenge message. And Jesus' challenge to us is to live life. But listen, but to live it with His power. And to let Him shine through us. In the video you watched just a few moments ago, it said that every one of the, both, of those, both of those seas were fed by the same river. problem was there was a great disparity in the fruit of those two seas and the simple reason there was this disparity because one was a river and one was a reservoir this is what sharing really is all about this is doing the small things to show the main thing. It's, it's understanding simple acts done with great love can change our world. And then realizing that the power is not based on who we are. But who He is through us. See, this is where we get, we get, we get a little sideways sometimes. Because we think, God doesn't want to go through me. Right? I mean, I'm I'm preacher. Pastor Harris, I'm, I, I'm me. God wants to use you. He wants to use the person over here or that one, but not me. I got issues, right? I got stuff. Oh, we're back to our stuff again, aren't we? But the only way we can really get our stuff fixed is to invite Him into it. And we do that by centering ourselves and expending our energy on His stuff. This is what sharing is all about this and listen this is this is resting. you say no, it ain 't Resting's when i don 't have to do nothing, no because you 're going to do something. let me oh, come on, musicians, those that we are called. listen, how many of you have ever been on a vacation and you did a lot of stuff while you're on that vacation, right? There's five of you. Let's try this. How many of you have ever been on vacation? The rest of you need to take one. Some of you are 40, 50, 60 years old and you've never left your house. Bless your heart. That's why you're so cranky. That's why you come into the house of God and never smile. You need to enjoy life. All right, but how many of you have ever taken a vacation? And on the vacation... You're busy. You are going. You are up doing. You are going to the beach. You are doing and you are playing in the water. You are going to the mountain. You are, you know, if you're outside, you're making the campfire. You're cooking and you're doing this and that and everything. And you're just... But what is it? It's a change. It's the change from what you have been doing. And there is still pleasure and enjoyment, even though you're still doing listen I'm not telling you that resting in the Lord is doing nothing no resting in the Lord by sharing is learning how to change where you expend your energies and who and what you begin to share with someone else some of you are going to have the opportunity to share today no I'm not taking another offer somebody's going somebody just grabbed your you just grabbed your wallet no no I'm talking about the fact before you get out of this house you could actually smile at someone that ain't going to do nothing maybe not for you some of you could have the opportunity when you get to the restaurant by thanking that waitress or waiter and saying I appreciate what you just did thank you I'm bucking your tip up a quarter as a joke get it on up some of you Some of you could share with the person that lives in your house. Whatever it is, you're spending energy already. How about you change it? Where you spend it and how you do it. Get involved with his stuff. And by doing that, you invite him into your stuff. Stand with me in this house. There's a song. Listen, I'm going to do this. We'll close this out in just a couple minutes. But... There's a song I heard the other day on, on K-Love. Anybody ever listen to Caleb? There's a young man on there by the name of Jason Gray. And he wrote a song that is a top. title. Make sure I got the right song title. With Every Act of Love. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. But in it, I, I, I looked it up because I heard it and I, I wanted to make sure I had the right one and the right guy that wrote it and all that kind of thing. Jason Gray wrote a song with every act of love and then the chorus says... God put a million, million doors for His love to walk through. You're one of those doors. One of those doors is you. blessing for somebody inside of you. Don't hold it back. Share. Share. But honestly, for some of you to be able to do that, to be able to share today and this week, you need to rest. You need some rest. And that means you're going to have to release what's been holding on to you that you're still holding on to. You're going to have to release. Then you're going to need to learn how to enjoy and look at life at God's perspective, with His purpose, with His power, His priorities. Then you can share that blessing that's in you every head bowed and every eye closed in this house for just a moment if that's you this morning you said pastor I want to bless I want to be a blessing I want to be used by God When I got stuff all I want you to do is just raise your hand yes goodness there's hands going up all over this auditorium What I want you to do, and this may be symbolic, but it's I think it's necessary. Would you just say, with that hand raised, say, God, I release what I'm holding on to and what's been holding me back today, Lord? I'm going to look at life with your perspective through your eyes I'm going to use your power to do and be and say this with me Jesus use me take me out where I've never been use me like I've never been used flow through me an ocean